by the way. What you, oh, here it is. What, what, what I does voted, that say? Baby. Nice. I voted. Dropped yes. off the ballot yesterday. Nice. Got it done. Good, Good morning lot. on a terrific Tuesday, on a tip Tuesday. Noodleberg Daily Ho. We're back. We're live. We're ready to get after it. I hope that your mindset is ready to get after it. You're good looking morning, mean. You're looking lean and mean there, my son. I mean, uh, feeling, good. feeling good, doing the workouts. Workout you know, like Whole30 was stories. a game changer. Whole30 um, was a game a life-changing event in my mind. If they are willing if to have me, I would drive down and do the workout with you one morning. You should come on down. I mean, and ask RJ. Shout out to RJ Martino, who is a member of the gym now and uh, and had a great workout with us this morning. So today was lower body and uh, Roar Station. So shout out, shout out to Adrian, who is the CEO and owner of the gym, um, has created an unbelievable brand and an unbelievable experience. Community of people come in. They all appreciate each other. So just nice. the way we've created a community here on the Noodleberg Daily Huddle, and I'm sure that everybody is ready for a little bit of morning motivational music. So Shay, you ready? Ready. Let's, let's do it. So going old school this morning, uh, that is so my fun. era, you know, just throwing gonna, it out there. <laughs> Would you have known the band if I didn't send you the song prior? Would you of have course. known that just immediately? Are you kidding? I mean, that's not the song of theirs I would have played. Right, of course they're, not. But their then, famous song. But you know, I don't even know if you know this. Their lead singer died last week. I did not know that. 62 years old, his name, Tommy something, his, the lead singer passed away. And so I was all into the outfield last week because I heard that. So uh, good morning, Winning Patrick it all. Williams. Winning Giving it all. It all. And uh, phenomenal. I mean, just the, the lyrics to that. And that's why I started it where I did and went to where I did. And today's topic is going to be a win mindset and what that really means. And we're going to show some examples of it. So, but I know that you have some uh, updates for everybody. So just another thing, just so you know that the, the, they were a band from Liverpool. What other band came from Liverpool? <laughs> um, they made it bigger in the United States than they ever did in, in London or in England or in that part of the world. And he taught himself how to speak you know, to do the songs in English, to sound like right. an English, Without like an American it. guy. Good morning, right. Beth Without Halleck. Without the accent. Beth Halleck is in the house. we got some good people. Larry Long, always here. Scott Albert, uh, great. So uh, in the winning mindset, last night I was fortunate enough to attend the Nova Southeastern Hall of Fame uh, induction, and they inducted three, gentlemen, uh, three people. Um, uh, Jim Allen from Seminole Hard Rock. 
Kristen Johnson and Dan Doyle Jr. Two of those people are on the ball clients. So way to win the, you know, their stories were absolutely fantastic. I have fond memories of the time I spent with Nova Southeastern, really, really involved with them when I lived down that way. But here's what the, the takeaway is also. There were 347 uh, people who attended this virtual event. So don't tell me that virtual events don't work. And it was done very nice and whatever, but they had a poll and here's the poll. What is your outlook on employment growth and the economy for your field in 2021? And they gave multiple choices. This is 350 of the top business people. This is the heart of the business community. And 80% of them went optimistic. That is a winning mindset. Way to go, South Florida. We are, we are not letting shit get in our way. We are knocking it down because we win at all costs. So speaking of winning, right? When you win, what do you love to celebrate with? I know that post game for me was an ice cold beer. And today is actually National American Beer Day. American so beer. Of, so that isolates. Not National Beer Day. Right. <laughs> so for those of us who don't necessarily drink American beer, um, our friend Sean is is here this morning from Ireland. Sean, uh, chime in. Do you actually drink American beer? I don't think you ever did. And now he is a stone's throw from getting Irish, going to an Irish pub for real. So, so we'll we'll talk a little bit uh, just for a minute about some American beer because when I and shout out to Joe First who's in the Poconos, you should make sure that you get a Yingling while you're there because or Rolling Yingling, Rock. Rolling Rock, or Rolling Rock. Rock. And Yingling is one of the great American beers that is made here and actually tastes delicious. And I'm a big fan of it. But did you know that some of the uh, original, the, the brewing styles or beer styles that came from America, American Pale Ale, go figure, the Pennsylvania Porter, American IPA, Steam Beer, Amber Ale, Cream Ale, which is a favorite of mine, and then the Cascadian Dark Ale, are all types of American-born beers. <laughs> so Lloyd does PBR. He shouts out PBR. <laughs> yeah, so. Now, so let me tell you something. So I remember not too long ago, like all of a sudden PBR landed on the planet and I was like, oh, it's getting hip again. I bought it. It tastes like shit. It's horrible. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to get to a section where we talk about great beer commercials, but one of the ones that I found was a Patrick Swayze PBR commercial. And I was like, oh, I want to show this, but I was like, I can't do PBR. PBR sucks. <laughs> so now obviously craft beer is the thing that everybody talks about. Everybody loves craft beer, you know, and there's a ton of micro breweries all around. For those of us that are in mm. South Florida, because that's where we are, I wanted to shout out to some of my favorite Florida breweries and South Florida breweries. Number one coming or one of them coming out of Boca Raton is Barrel of Monks, which if you guys haven't had it, they also have unbelievable chicken wings there. So Barrel of Monks is a great shout out. Civil Society, which is up in your neck of the woods in West so, Palm. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. David Eric Johns is pumping PBR. There is a filter. There is a filter here that you know to get admission into the huddle. If you're shouting out PBR, man, the taste level you can't just be went trusted. You in can't the be toilet. Trusted. Right? You can't it's be like, trusted. It's you like can't people be trusted. don't drink 
people who don't drink coffee, forget it, man. You can't be in sales. <laughs> cigar, cigar City out in Tampa. That's a really good one. Cigar City Funky is really Buddha, good. Down here in my neck of the woods in Oakland Park. Gulf Stream, which is down here in Lauderdale. Shout out to two Tallahassee breweries, Momo's, which, you know, pizza the size of your head. Best, best slice of pizza ever. Proof. And then the last one being Wynwood down in Miami. So on National American Beer Day, get yourself a local brew, get yourself an American beer, celebrate by uh, taking a sip, and then uh, go ahead, Dad. Now, uh, Shay, jump in for a second. Um, uh, flashback to Friday. Where is Shay? Uh, flashback to Friday. Can you share what uh, we were? We were sitting here, coffeeed up. We were with David Allen, who is a huddler. Uh, right from the get-go and we just said you know what it's noon it's beer time somewhere what beer did we have guinness guinness man which i will tell you guinness is like Our a milkshake it's yeah. it, you know so delicious. i don't care where you're from in the world it was delicious we went for round two and they only had one can left you know it was the can that is the you know it, it yeah. kind of fizzes whatever yeah awesome. the, box, the box got the last one so I got the last one and those two had to go Stella. So uh, anyway, great stuff. Great stuff. Love it. So keeping with the theme of beer for the final little bit, I talked about the research that I did looking for commercials, but I figured let's find the three best beer commercials out there. Now, these aren't all American, but in my opinion, the three best beer commercials. Shay, take us to the first one. If he were to pat you on the back, would list it on your resume. Both sides of his pillow are cool. When in Rome, they do as he does. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those sackies. Stay f In a past life, he was himself. If opportunity knocks and he's not home, opportunity waits. He gave his father the talk. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't know. There's so, so many classic lines in there. Like when opportunity, if, when opportunity knocks, if he's not home, opportunity waits. <laughs> so. So listen, how it's unbelievable that they talk about when he flips over both sides of his pillow are cool. I mean, yes. that is unbelievable. I mean, it's so, so that was one of the greatest campaigns ever. Yet some new marketing director came in and shit canned it. And you don't talk about those seconds the same way you did when back then. They were not even on the map before him. The way they continue to find the new thing to talk about, like both sides of the pillow being cool. What an unbelievable, just find the little nuggets, very similar to McDonald's saying, you order fries. the fries because their fr your fries become their well, fries. Well, to, to say this, to, as real as it is, you would, if he patted you on the back, you would list it on your resume. That is an yes. unbelievable <laughs> He patted me on my back. <laughs> he so gave really, his head the talk. <laughs> really, really well done. That's so, so good. So good. Shane, man. take us to the next best beer commercial of all time. Hello. Hey, who? What's up? Numbie. Just watching the game, having a bud. 
What's up with you? Nothing. Watching the game, having a butt. True. True. What's up? Yo, who's that? Yo! Yo, pick up the phone! Hello? What's that? What's that? Yeah. Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Dookie! Yo. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Hold on. Hello? <laughs> so... So I got to hey. jump in. Uh, we, we just posted uh, the my Tell Me Something Good with Barry Cates, who was Bud Barry uh, back in the day. You know, he, you know, he was the beer guy. So one of the interesting things about that commercial, it became language. Everybody was saying, what's up to each Everybody. other. I mean, but, it's a revolution. Here's the takeaway. If you do the homework on it, they did not sell more beer. Their beer sales went down, even though that became pop culture. So, you know, when, when art, you know, you, when you look at all of these commercials, did it sell more product is really the main thing. And, um, so, you know, interestingly I mean, they, enough, it didn't. And so if you were able to capture that many people's attention and build some kind of relationship with people, then shame on Budweiser for not finding the way to be able to capitalize and drive home some kind of transactions. Because to me, it doesn't make sense. You shouldn't be able to capture that much. Attention I agree. Those guys became those, those guys were on every talk show. There yeah. were T-shirts. There were hats. There was you know little uh, you know the buzzers. Ah, nah, you know? So it's just, okay, so, and when you watch it now, it's so great. <laughs> Shay, take us to the final commercial, the third and third best. Red stripe, the beer in the shorts, Toby ugly bottle. If ugly people stand next to a red stripe, they look beautiful. You, sir. Yeah? Would you say that you're ugly? Well, I wouldn't say. You are very ugly. Here, hold this red stripe. Okay. Look, you are beautiful. Red stripe, it's beer. Hooray beer. Hooray beer, says the beautiful man. Absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. Hooray beer. Hooray so, beers, which so, held on for forever. David Allen, who we just referenced, he just texted me and said that internally at Budweiser, when that campaign was going on, that's how he would answer the phone internally. In the um, office, people were like, ah! <laughs> it's, it's perfect. So and I, I think you know, David, David Thomas says, but the product stinks. Fair enough. If you're not yeah. a Bud drinker, that's a huge disconnect to being able to grab a bunch of attention and then show up with a product that sucks. That's another major problem in business. Is so I, have a beer, I have a beer question for you because you know me, I'm a beer snob. I've been drinking beer. That's my fault. Uh, my downfall, you know, puts weight on. And when I stay away from beer, I lose weight. When I start drinking beer, I'm all over it. Yep. If not given the choice of beers that you like, if you go to a place and all they have is Bud Lights, yep. are you having a beer or you're not having a beer? Probably not having a beer. Like and a like beer, you, right. but usually if they have Bud Light, odds are they have Coors Light. I will choose to drink a Coors Light over right. another Miller or Bud. But if it's only Bud Light or have something else, I'll probably have something else. So interestingly enough. You know, and I'm a beer snob. Regular Corona 
you know, or Corona light with a line. Yeah. Sometimes when it's hot out, there's nothing like it. But they right. came out with their premier beer, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing. It takes you, can't, yeah. you can't fuck with the original, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> What exactly. a great conversation. I'm going to go get a beer. <laughs> so, so lastly, keeping with it and bringing it more modern, um, you know, we talk about give to get all the time. Well, Coors Light ran a marketing campaign that was phenomenal where they actually monitored social media and they created this light up tap. And so that any time that Bud Light went negative against Coors Light, and I've talked about negative recruiting and negative selling over and over, don't ever talk about the competition. Well, Coors Light found a way to leverage that and say, anytime Budweiser goes negative on a campaign on Coors Light, it lights up and they give away free beer to everybody in the bar. So keep your eyes peeled if you're a Coors Light drinker. If they have the, the light up tap, Make sure you find it and you get an opportunity to get yourself some free beer from Coors Light. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So skipping past the Cracker Barrel, but there is some Cracker Barrel news out there that they have now brought in beer, wine, and, and mimosas. So if you want beer with breakfast, you can now get beer with breakfast. So so if you are not going to have a heart attack after leaving there now, this will ensure it. This so, will ensure it. The, the bacon just... The bacon the and biscuits fat. and gravy. Nothing Chicken washes gravy. the biscuits and gravy down like an ice cold Bud Light. So. So then you sit on the porch on those chairs and just rock it. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. Okay, great. let's get to the next piece of content for the day. And uh, we talk about old school versus new school. I believe it's out with the old and in with the new. So there's an article out there that talks about four outdated rules for every for every business owner. Um, but here's a video of a definitely old rule. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. The oldest of old school rules, and we threw that out a long time ago. And what is the C that you changed? Always sure. be what? connecting always be but you know howie craw who is usually in here he's actually climbing the the grand canyon uh, today so shout out to him but it could be caring you know always be caring always be calling always be connecting but it's certainly never closing um what's interesting is that the more i started to train younger teams the more people didn't know that movie like you didn't know napoleon hill there are some people right. that don't know that movie because it's sort of dated now but what an unbelievable classic sales movie um you know and there's joe first chime chiming in always be communicating always be, ah, from the hot yeah, wire world <laughs> that's awesome it, really good stuff. shout out to kudos to your ceo joe uh, she was she showed up really strong last night very nice so the first rule that uh it's a traditional rule that should be thrown out and the new rule is traditional office hours to active hours, which I think is a great point. But obviously, since a lot of people are still working remotely, the office hours are gone, but even expecting people to work from nine to five at home might not work anymore. So really focusing, and this as, as true to yourself, like when are you building in your working hours? Because when they're working matters much, much less significantly than whether or not the work is getting done and how well it's getting done. 
Why do you give a shit whether or not you do the work at three o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon, as long as it's getting done and it's good quality? Well, you know, I always went back to managing results, not that stuff. I mean, managing activity, not managing results. So whatever you're putting in the activity, I love that. One of the rules in my book that was so appropriate then, and I still think it works now, is, um, you know, everybody works from eight to five. That's sort of the the normal, that was the traditional. Winners work from five to eight. People would say, well, what are you talking about? I did more prep work from five to eight, which I still do before yep. the huddle. And still to this day, most of the big significant deals I've had are during a virtual happy hour or the eat drink think that we're going to come yep. up. I mean, you know, people want to get away from their daily routine to break away and discuss and negotiate big deals. And so, you know, if you're willing to work from five to eight and, you know, either, either one of those bookends really works. The second rule is this old rule is the standard 40 hour work week. And the new rule is flexible scheduling because the eight hour workday was actually created over 200 years ago. And it was based on an old model in the 1920s. The idea of the eight hour workday hit the mainstream and we've relied on that ever since. It's time to think differently. So instead of thinking that you have to work from eight to five, and this is the only time that I can get work done, shift it, work from three to three, work from you know five to eight, and then take a two hour break to make yourself breakfast and do stuff with the kids and get everybody going in school and then dive right back in. I think one thing that I've learned from studying sleep is that if you're really trying to learn and your quality of work, the grind mentality of working 16 hours a day all on the same thing does not work. It burns you out. You have to get in and get out and get in and get out. And when you're in, be in it and intently focused on it and then get out of it. Find the thing that takes your mind away so you can process all of that stuff. My trainer, Peter Casio, this morning said to me, um, in order for you to keep growing, you need to have recovery time. You know, and so that's what sleep is. That's managing the clock. So that'll be interesting because we always talk about managing the clock. You have some interesting takeaway and I want to make sure we have time for that. So let's put Yeah. So yeah, we're going to get through these two, but this next one is for leaders and for individuals. It's not too much or too little oversight. It's just accountability. It's what is the accountability check? Are you having the conversation? Are you setting the standard for yourself? Are you setting the standard for the people that you're leading? Are you setting the standard and clearly communicating it and then following up? We talk about follow-up in the sales process all the time. Are you following up with yourself? Are you checking in on your own work? Are you following up with the people that you've set the standard for to see how that's going? Not over, not looking in on everything and micromanaging, just a follow-up. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? Can I help you at all? And, and doing that with yourself as a way to stay on track. Love it. Love it. Love it. Jason Rowland, welcome. So I, I want to get to the win mentality since we've only got eight minutes left. And, and I want to start here because everybody was talking about this yesterday. Everybody posted this video. And this is a great takeaway from me. But so number one, Shay, show us the video of DK Metcalf and his win mentality. Walk into the end zone and Metcalf just refused to let it go. 
this it was unbelievable how much ground he made up that had to be 10 yards on a very fast Buda Baker and he just tracked it it was just confusing but watch Metcalf just flying down the field and you know that Buda Baker could see him coming in the big screen he's looking up at the screen going are you kidding me what is this trailing me so unbelievable. unbelievable physically unbelievable right everybody's caught up on wow he ran so fast and he caught that guy and but let me set the stage for you on what this is okay they're driving down the field and they're up 13 to 7 okay he's on the back side of the play he runs his route into the end zone the ball gets thrown to the other side of the field gets intercepted and is going back the other way 99.999% of people go, number one, it's not my job to go make that play. Fuck I won't off, get right. there. It's <laughs> over. Oh, well, shit. Way to go, Russell. You threw a pick. You know, don't care. Don't give any kind of effort and immediately turn off. Okay. The stage is that, or the, the scenario is that if he does make the play, he keeps the game from being 13 to 14, and you don't know what happens. And we talked about this in sports all the time of you don't know what one play changes the game. You don't know if it's the one little block that you do or if it's that one thing that changes the outcome of the game, just the way in life. You don't know what, what call it is, what relationship it is, what extra touch that you put to somebody, how you go out of their way, your way to ask them how they're doing, whatever it is, you don't know what one thing changes the game. So his mentality was is, I don't care. I've got to do everything I can in order to stop that touchdown from happening. He does. He makes the play. The defense comes on the field and makes a stop. Four straight plays, doesn't allow any points, and the offense comes on the field and goes 96 yards for a touchdown to put them up 20-7 to seven, instead of it being 13-14 to 14 and they're losing. So understand that the mentality, and I want to define what win means, because to me, we like to break it up into acronyms, and the W stands for the willingness to sacrifice whatever it takes for what you want. He could have made a ton of excuses on why not to make that play, but he said, screw that. I'm going to run as fast as I can and give everything I can. It's not my fault that he threw an interception. It wasn't even thrown to me. I didn't do anything to cause that result, yet I'm going to do everything I can to make sure we overcome it. So as you as an individual within an organization, how much are you giving? What are you giving up? How much effort are you putting in to just ensuring the success of the organization? The I stands for individual responsibility to want to be the best, okay? Because we can coach people all day long. If you don't want to be great, there's nothing I can tell you. There's nothing I can give you to read. There's no exercises I can give you to make you great if you don't want it yourself. And it's an individual we, responsibility. We talked about it yesterday. That was the number one thing from Napoleon Hill, 500 interviews he did with the greatest entrepreneurs of our time that said, you got to really want it. You have to have the desire. Without the desire, everything else falls away. So if you've got the desire and you've got the willingness to sacrifice, and when I say sacrifice, like, I don't mean like just what could have been, right? It's if I, if I, if I'm looking to wake up an hour earlier, I'm giving up another hour of sleep, 
right? But if I choose to take that sleep, it's not just that I'm getting a little bit more rested, I'm losing the opportunity for that work. What outreach, what research, what could I have done? So you got to understand opportunity cost when you're talking about sacrifice, but the last letter is N. And the N I think is critical because it's nimbleness. It's the ability to adapt with circumstances. My foundation and fundamentals don't change, but my tactics do based on the circumstances that I'm in. If I'm down and it's harder, the things I gotta do to get myself moving forward to feel good are different than on a day when I wake up feeling energized. So, you know, there's a difference between being hard and tough. And, and, and if you haven't read um, the, the book, Toughness, you need to, but hard, concrete is hard. When you put a jackhammer to, to concrete, you shatter it, right? Rubber is tough. You put a jackhammer to a giant rubber wheel, it's not going anywhere. It's bending, it's bouncing, it's doing whatever it has to do to stay together as it continues to exist. So there's a difference between nimbleness being, oh, well, I'm just gonna you know, power through this and understanding how to pivot yourself and move and adapt, adapt and adjust to continue. So all of this well said, and I love the acronym, I go back to what I learned the acronym was what's important now he made a decision that what the most important thing was, was to track that dude down. That's living in the moment. That's a Nick Saban thing. The only thing I can control is that guy's going the wrong way. I got to go get him. Let the rest take care of itself. But if you don't take care of that moment, the fate and, you know, destiny of what's going to happen afterwards, you have no control of. The only thing he had control over of what's important now. So win works both ways with the acronym there. Win is the ultimate goal is winning, but you apply win to your time management and the way you prioritize what you have to be doing with what's important now. And then you apply win as a mindset, willingness to sacrifice, individual responsibility to want to be great, and then the nimbleness to adapt and adjust to circumstances. So, you know, we're at 828. I think we're going to save the Hall of Fame and, and the fame and shame because we didn't get to it today. But oh, sometimes well. that happens. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> that it. happens. That's being nimble. <laughs> just... So win. The ultimate goal is to win. And winning doesn't mean just on the scoreboard in sports. It means how you go about your daily activities because in life and in business, it's an infinite game. So win today. Have a fantastic Tuesday, a terrific Tuesday. Take the tip of the win mindset, apply it, and go beyond the ball. So I would only ask you one more thing, Mark. Can you please, please be a little bit more passionate? Please just <laughs> bring, bring, me, bring me some energy or have a beer and chill out, man. Have a great day. Shay, take us home. Win.